Greetings, Scallywags. Thanks for joining us on episode what? of the Rumble Pack podcast. If you haven't checked out last week's episode about Pokemon Generation 1 yet, be sure to check it out. This week, we're getting a little loosey-goosey for our very first free-for-all episode. We don't want to always talk about specific topics and characters. Sometimes we just want to spitball and have a yarn about anything and everything that's on our gaming minds at the moment. From what we're currently playing, to things we love and the things we can't stand. So, Lukey... Let's get ready to rumble. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rumble Pack. I'm Will, and I'm here with my friend Luke. And I'm Luke, and I'm here with my friend Will. Oh, we're friends. Oh, by decree of mother agreement. Yes, that is true. Mm. Welcome to the uh, free-for-all episode. First of a free-for-all, where we're just going to talk about whatever we want, really. And I'm so excited. Yes. Because, you know, I don't like following a script. We hate following scripts. We hate following scripts. In fact, when we don't follow a script, it takes us half an hour to even begin an episode. Yeah. Because we have to keep redoing because we piss ourselves laughing. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't have been today, of course. No, not today. Definitely not today. <laughs> no. We were fine. <laughs> we didn't have to do 15 minutes of facial warm-ups. The facial warm-ups were great. We should keep doing that. I know, because my, my head is really hot. Oh, yeah. It doesn't help that it's pretty hot in this my room. My eyes are burning. They look like they're burning. Yeah. Mm. It's because we definitely didn't stuff this up for 30 minutes and I was crying in tears. It wasn't because of that. Yeah, the crying was a bit much. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what are you playing at the moment? I thought we'd start with what we're currently playing. Well, I'm currently playing Ghost of Tsushima. Ah, yes. Finally. Borrowed, borrowed it from yours truly. I did. Yeah. And I'm not giving it back. Okay. Just thought I'd say that off the top. Okay. Um, oh, we should say off the top that we're drinking some Stonewood Pacific Ale beer from Byron Bay because we couldn't get any rum this week. Hmm. Five episodes in, two episodes of rum. Yeah. Why don't we cheers on that? Yeah, cheers on that. <laughs> <laughs> cheers on failure to deliver on rum weekly. Oh, we're trying. Mm-hmm. But this is really all you can good. do. All you can do is try. Yeah. Mum, mums would be proud. They would be. And we try so hard. We tried really hard for the last half an hour. Exactly. Hence why this free for all being so unscripted. Mm. You know, in their other episodes that went for an hour and a half, it was so tiring and taxing on me writing a 15,000 word script because oh, we yeah. followed it word by word. We did. <laughs> Especially the, I I really enjoyed the the Cinnabar incident <laughs> from last week. Mate, I reckon that went exactly to plan. That's some of your best work. Hollywood's calling. Yeah. Yeah. Counter a, counter a complete cock up with a complete cock up. Yeah. And thank you for writing my top 10 Pokemon for me. Yeah, it's good. I just picked the ones that are the lamest and yeah. put them in there. So I don't know what the hell a Pokemon is. No, no. Well, I'm I am carrying this team. <laughs> How's Ghost of Tsushima? Uh, you want to talk about that now, do you? Yeah, let's get let's get focused. <laughs> so Ghost of Tsushima, I've been wanting to play it for a little while. Um, I haven't been to Japan. We were hoping to go there last year. We were. So I've sort of recently been watching a Netflix series called Age of Samurai Battle for what? Really? Yes, I've told you about this. Oh. He never listens. He never listens to me, anyone. Everyone. 
Anyone. <laughs> We're desperate. Anyone. <laughs> um, so I've been watching this series on Netflix. Check it out if you're interested in history at all, especially mm. Japanese. It's really, really interesting. Medieval. I think it's about the conquest of Japan by landlords in the 1500s or something like that. It's really interesting. Great. So that's sort of... That's what piqued my interest to want to play Ghost of Tsushima suddenly. Yep. Because I was going to play God of War again, mm-hmm. as I've mentioned earlier, but I thought I'll put this in there. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm only about oh, two hours in, I guess, so far, and it's it's better than okay so far. Yeah. I think. Um, but I'm most interested in the in the um, in the culture of it all. Like I said, based on the um. Based on the series, what I'm learning from that series, yep. even though this is the game set 300 years before that doco, um, but I'm really loving the visuals most of all, which I think you'll probably agree on because you've played you've probably played roughly half of it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, the visuals are incredible. Yeah, I think my favorite part of playing is just riding around. Mm. Like, because uh, personally, the combat is not that satisfying to me, except for the standoffs. Which is the best? Which we've not even talked about at all. I'm assuming you've had one. Yes, I've had a couple. Yeah, a few of them. Like they're they're so fun. Mm. But the combat in general is a bit uh, feels a bit plain. Mm. So the traversal on the horse around the island is definitely what kept me playing for when I was. Yeah, and I think mm. the um because I'm getting the vibes early. Like I know you've said you've got you got a bit bored of it. A little bit. And I know your brother did as well. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's sort of a strange. Yeah, it's sort of strange like that. I, I'm not sure it's because it looks great and the and the sword play is really fun, but then you're running around um, and after and I'm coming off playing The Last of Us Part 2, yep. which I want to talk about a bit later. Mm. And where that's such a cinematic game, where you flow straight from gameplay to cutscene without any sort of breaks or black screens or anything like that, and you feel so heavy, it's over the shoulder, you know, it just feels really lifelike. Yeah. I think in this, you're just sort of pinging around a bit. Yeah, you're very light. You're really light. You don't get the vibration in the controller, mm. um, which is nitpicky, but... And there's just little things, um, like when you tra- want to traverse a cliff face, because it's a bit Assassin's Creed style, where you can, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, parkour up a wall and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Up cliff faces. But you can see the defined yeah, ledges yeah, where you yeah, can there's, climb. There's mark spots for it. You, can't, it. you can't just climb any wall willy-nilly. Yeah. yeah, and that's so... I don't know. Even the original Assassin's Creed disguised the climbs what's better than that. Yeah. Um, and I just <laughs> I just sort of see that as being really outdated. But visually, it's... Um, and how it how it connects with the wind. Like you use the wind to... You swipe up on the um, touchpad on the PS5 controller. Yeah, I love that. And it tells you... Um, you know, where your um, objective is because you don't want to rely on the map much because there's no really any hard or markers. Yeah. And you just sort of, oh, no, compass. And you just, yeah, you swipe up and the wind blows in that direction and you go, know where you're going. And I think that's great. It's really cool. Because, I, I and that's the sort of, I, I've always had a real fascination with almost how, um, you know, this uh, spiritual side of culture of a country or religion or faith, whatever, can how it shaped how people lived. So you'd sort of think Jin, who's the main character, who's a he's a fallen samurai sort of, isn't he? Uh, yeah, in a way. Because I think he's... I mean, he was like a protege mm. before. Yeah, like he's an, like an apprentice or whatever. And apprentice his, samurai. His master died, so he's technically... No, well, his master gets taken mm. um, by the 
that really big boss you fight at the very beginning of the game. The Mongol, yeah. Yeah, so you're after him to save your master. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But most of the samurai die in that um, attack at the beginning of the game. Yeah, so you're like the last sort of one there. You're like the basically island. the last protector. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, on the island of Tsushima, which I think it's on the, I've looked it up, it's on the west, the western end of the mainland of Japan. Okay. That's off them. Yeah, so. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think how it, because I always think, so playing as Jin using the wind, I sort of see it as the wind wouldn't literally be following him like this. Uh, um, I suppose it's not like a, a game of magic and things like that, yeah. but it sort of implies that you sort of get a feeling what the culture would be back then, whether they would think I'm going to follow the wind and, you know, it'll lead me true based yeah. on the faith sort of thing. Yeah. And I always find those sort of little things fascinating. We, like even with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, because it's um, Norse and it's everything's so rooted in um, their faith in the old gods. And you sort of think, um, you know, like he's always got Odin in his ear. Really, it's his conscience, but he'd be thinking, oh, no, this is Odin trying to guide me along the way. And I love the way in these th- these sort of games capture that, um, yeah, that sort of faith side of it because yeah. that's 100% what everyone believed their, um, you know, destiny and um, path forward was forged by. Yeah. By the gods and everything. <laughs> I mean, just from what you said, I think you've already taken a bit more out of this game than I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the great, the main thing I like about the using the wind as well as they have really good implementation in the controller where you can hear the sound mm. of it. It just feels uh, really cinematic because it's of alive, that. doesn't it? Yeah, mm. it feels alive. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, it is cool. So, uh, but I haven't got much further. I haven't been much further. I haven't been able to update my outfits or you know pick armor or anything yet, which I'm looking forward to. Um, we have done the standoff where, like you mentioned before, it's where you go into a a Mongolian controlled base yep. and they. And you can challenge the first, um, the well, main leader, they, to a standoff, and they and it's sort of like you have to wait holding your sword, and then mm. as soon as they draw, you swipe up, and it just slices them. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. You unlock the ability uh, to uh, basically combo slice them all, a lots of them. Oh. It, it stays slow mo, and you just slice, slice, slice. Really satisfying. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um, and then yeah. you, uh, mm. you you run into like groups groups of uh mongols just around the map like you just ride past them on your horse and you just get the option to stand off if they're in the distance oh nice so you can you just do them around the map all the time oh nice. it's like the best part of the game easily yeah <laughs> it is pretty satisfying My, uh, it's the best part of the game other than following the foxes i don't know if you followed a fox i followed a fox but that was uh it led me off a cliff i, I did felt. so oh okay <laughs> i did so many of those i really like that yeah, and that's cute, and that's catch them after. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that's the sort of thing where it's um similar to the wind, mm. where it just be. And I'm not familiar with um, you know, Japanese religion or anything, or presume to know. But I think with the following the fox, it's sort of like him saying, um, yeah, they must. I think they must idolize foxes in some way. So obviously, yeah, it reflects it. something mm-hmm. spiritual. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'm just I'm enjoying it a lot. Oh, I mean, I mean. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it a fair bit. Um, but I haven't been able to give it the time to really get stuck into it yet. Like, I've played it for most about half an hour at once, which yeah. is bad. you got to really play. I think a game like this, you got to play about, you know, like a two-hour session to really get into it. Yeah, um, that's the thing. One of the games I'm playing, trying to play again at the moment is similar. But yeah, yeah, like it's where you got to really commit for yeah. a good sit. 
mm. and it's hard to get that um, those moments. Yeah. So what in what game's that? Uh, Persona Five. Persona Five Royal. I'm playing. It's just like the uh, definitive version that come out a year later. It's got an extra semester in the school year in the game. It's okay. like a whole added uh, extra story. Yeah, right. And yeah, it's like the game is the game's like it's it's, it's like half watching an anime mm-hmm. and half playing. Mm. Uh, so you you got to just commit so much time to it if you want to really get something out of it, because <laughs> yeah, it goes day to day with the uh, with the calendar, and you go to school every day, and then you got to sort of maximize your afternoons and nights and that to try and get your stats up. Mm-hmm. So one afternoon maybe you'll work a part time job, and that night you'll hang out with someone you want to become better friends with, which is part of the game, or you'll go to the bathhouse and have a bath. But every, you, you need to try and maximize everything you're doing to get your stats up. Yeah. And playing that game because there's so many, uh, so many, so much talking, so much consistent talking with the characters and cut, anime cutscenes and different things. If you only play it for half an hour, I, it never feels like you actually progress. Mm. <laughs> it just takes forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've played it for, I've played it for thirty something hours and. I'm nowhere near halfway. I'm pretty sure the game goes for like 80 or 90 hours. And that's not even with trying to do the everything in the game. So, mm. yeah. But it's really... I like it. It's it's really wacky. Really wacky. And I like... Uh, it, it makes you think because you need to make sure that everything you does, everything you do in the game is for a purpose. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's a good game. But what's... So, what's the gameplay of it is it a because you said half anime like what do you what do you do when you're actually in control so what you do is when you're in like the daytime you walk around tokyo uh and you you basically get on the trains you go to different parts of tokyo it's like it's it's sort of semi-open world but because you've only got say you've got an afternoon and an evening after school you need to pick one thing to do and another thing to do you can't like stay out all night when you pick what you're going to do, it, uh, like for instance, say if I work a part-time job, it'll show you working the job and there might be some talking points you need to pick while you do it. Mm. Once that finishes in the next minute, uh, it'll send you back home for the night. Okay. So it's like semi-open world, but kind of, because mm-hmm. you can go anywhere you want, but you're limited to the amount of things you can do every day. Okay. Yeah, so technically I could walk from the school, get the train to um, to Shibuya or something like that. But once I get to Shibuya and I pick the, my activity for that afternoon, I'm stuck there for the next few minutes while that happens and then it plays out and yada yada. But on the other hand, the game is about uh, these kids that they become this group called the Phantom Thieves. And basically they go into what's called Mementos. It's like a, it's like a different distorted reality. Okay. And they go into these like basically someone in the game. The first, the very first villain is this um, PE teacher at their school, and he's like harassing all the girls at the school. And in his alternate reality, he the school is his castle, and he's the king. So like the when you go into the alternate reality, basically you, you go through the castle to get to his him and steal his heart. You got to like steal their heart because you got to change them in the distorted world to make them. F- beg for forgiveness in the real world mm-hmm. it's really it's really hard to explain <laughs> yeah okay. but in there it's um more like more like turn-based combat uh 
sort of sneaking around, bit of stealth gameplay. You sort of uh, come up and ambush enemies from behind. Uh, and it's a little bit like Pokemon where you've got to, there's lots of different enemy types that you've got to essentially catch. And instead of catching them, if you stun them in battle, the whole team holds them up at gunpoint and you have to convince them to join you. Hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's probably not worth talking for much longer because I'll probably have to have an all episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's something I'm playing uh, at the minute. Mm-hmm. But I'm also playing uh, Monster Hunter Rise, which just came out yesterday. So I guess I'm not playing playing it, but I started yesterday. I think um, we're turning Japanese. Yeah. At the moment. <laughs> that's the flavor of the month. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're playing on Nintendo and PlayStation, the Japanese. We're playing Japanese games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although, Ghost of Tsushima is uh, not made by not a Japanese made in, studio. But, but based in, yeah. Yeah. Just, but just uh, set there. <laughs> yeah. I don't have much to say about Monster Hunter yet, but uh, from first glance, it feels really fun to play. Mm-hmm. Just super good action um, gameplay. Monster hunting. Really fun. Something you would really like. Yeah, and I, and I know we, we originally planned to get onto that a bit when we... I know that's not on PS5, though, you said. Well, Monster Hunter World is, is, but, but this new one, Monster Hunter Rise, is only on Switch for now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Built with the okay. RE engine, Resident Evil engine. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Best engine ever at the moment. Yeah, yeah. ever for the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, current, the current champion. Yeah. It's the current champion. Absolutely. Uh, I'll just say, other than that, I won't go into them, but I have almost 100% finished playing uh, Super Mario 3D World on my Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did start and dabble playing The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword a little bit a few weeks ago because um, they announced that Skyward Sword is getting a HD remake for the Switch coming out in July. But I nabbed myself a mint condition copy for the Wii. Oh. Uh, so I started playing that. Uh, the Wii U. Uh, well, just the Wii. Oh, okay. But it plays on my play it anyway. Yeah, because okay. um, yeah, it came out in uh, 2010, mm-hmm. I think, or 2011 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I started playing that, and I've been playing uh, Rocket League a bit. I've got two trophies left to get every trophy in the game. So they're the things I've been playing. And you officially retired from it? No, I, I will retire when I get those trophies. Yeah. Other than just a like fun game here and there with you guys, but I want to play it... Uh, I don't want to play it and be competitive anymore. Well, and it's fair to say, the John Farnham Farnham of game retirement. (laughs) You always come back for more. Not with League of Legends. No, then that's fair I stopped playing League of Legends and I never returned. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) And that's probably the best choice I ever made. (laughs) Um, Playing anything else? Well, and I'm not playing at the moment, but it's still ongoing. So I think it, it definitely needs a mention because I love it big time. And I mentioned it before, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh yeah, because um, I'm still technically playing that. So I've played. I've pumped about eighty hours into that story. Like, nah, more. Huh? More? Have I? Yeah, remember back you in the first stats? first episode, I told you I was snooping. Oh. Uh, you had ninety four then. Oh my god. Well, I'd still be at ninety four. Because then I remember you said it'll be my first hundred hour game, and I was like, Nah, there's no way. I don't believe you, but anyway. Yeah, I think Red Dead One was my first hundred hour game. Yeah, I <laughs> say so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've. Well, okay, I've played 94 hours. <laughs> yeah, get your facts straight for yeah, the next free-for-all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just had the epilogue to go, um, and it's sort of... Um, I finished the main part of the, the... You know, I sort of beat the main villain, I guess. 
Um, but then you go and you sort of go back to England where the main part's set. And because it sort of works where you, as you go throughout England, the whole point is you're making um, the different kingdoms, you're trying to make allies for your um, for um, your clan. It was based, at, you know, in yeah. Ravensthorpe in the centre. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one more territory left, which only revealed, which could only be conquered once I'd come back from the, the final mission. So I came back and I went, oh my God. So I love this game so much, but I need to move on to something else for a bit. Yeah. Which is what I did. Um, with The Last of Us and um, now Ghost of Tsushima. Yep. But I do need to get back into it. Um, but it's not; it doesn't feel like a drag. Um, and there's even there's even a an Asgard um, side quest, which is based on you having hallucinogens and going up into Asgard, um, and you're basically playing as Odin with, and you're running doing missions with all the other gods. Yeah. Okay. Fighting frost giants on the Bifrost. Yeah. It's all this cool. sort of stuff. It's really cool. Mm. Um, so I've still got to do that as well, actually. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm. It's, it's actually a great game. I couldn't recommend it enough to anyone, especially history lovers. It's, yeah. it's, it's the strongest Assassin's Creed yet in my book. And I, you know how much I love Black Flag and number three. Yep. Controversially, three. But... <laughs> <laughs> Did you play Odyssey before the PS5? Was that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and you... Enjoyed that as well. I enjoyed it. I yeah. played a lot. I, I did play that a lot, but it was definitely less of a an Assassin's Creed. I mean, this isn't Valhalla is not much Assassin's Creed, but it's um, again talk about feeling heavy. You know, you you feel like a you're in a heavy, gritty world. Yep. Um, which is obviously England. It's always pretty miserable at the best of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> if you um um and being a Norse conquer uh, a Norse Viking, you you come over and you there to pillage really. And that's what you do. You terrorize a lot. But in, I guess in Odyssey, you just feel like you're cruising around these beautiful islands with pirates and it's just sort of not... It doesn't have the same weight to it. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is a whole other level. But I've enjoyed all of them. I loved Origins uh, Origins as well, set in Egypt. Because mm-hmm. it's just for the settings. I I love them for the settings. <laughs> that's it's, that that's game series is pretty much set up my entire overseas travel ambitions. Yeah. Like... So much, yeah. Especially the um the Ezio uh, games with Italy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to go to the Vatican? Oh, big time. Yeah, big time. Mm. Um, and I'll get there. Absolutely, I'll get there. Definitely will. Um, so moving on from what we're currently playing, if you don't mind me taking the first, taking the first uh, point of conversation, <laughs> I don't mind. So as you know, I've recently finished The Last of Us Part Two. Yes. Um, after playing the first one, I don't know if I... I went back to Assassin's Creed for a little bit in between the two. Mm. Um, oh, between Last of Us 1 and 2, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just for everyone out there, this will be spoiler-free because we're actually going to have a, a proper episode about The Last of Us, the the two games, soon, which we'll go into more yeah. detail about. Yeah, but I'll keep, this, I'll keep this spoiler-free. Yeah, because not no that one far would, away, so... Yeah. And that's going to be spoiler-heavy as hell. Oh, it'll have to be. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way to um, really dive into it without talking about the spoilers. So. No, exactly. Especially with part two. Oh yeah, it's just so heavy. Yeah. Um, but uh, just coming out of Last of Us Part Two, like it has gone, it's gone straight into my top five games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with up there with the Bioshock, Red Dead Two is probably ahead of Red Dead One. Um, Are you laying out your top five right now? 
No, I'm just saying. No, I wasn't going to go further than that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know how much Bioshock and Red Dead mean Ballsy, to me? Ballsy move. Bioshock and Red Dead mean a lot to me. <laughs> and I'm just saying this is up there with, yeah. with them. Um, and I, I know how much we both love making lists. Oh, yeah. Mm. And changing them <laughs> frequently. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. This, The whole game, well, both games, um, it's probably... And I wasn't, I wasn't upset. Like, I probably wasn't uh, physically upset. Um, that much um, for happy or sad happiness or sadness but this game has stirred up more emotion for me than like not necessarily any game I could have imagined because I always knew that game we always know that games have this sort of potential yeah. to do such a thing but yeah the the way it's written the way it's, it's scripted the the acting like the the mocap motion capture is perfect yeah the environments are perfect um uh, the girl who plays Ali is like incredible, and Joel, of course. Um, yeah. All the characters are fantastic. Oh, they are in both of the games, but part two especially. Part two especially. Yeah. Um, I just think, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just completely like in awe of those games. Yeah. Um, and I've been. It it's, sucks. It took us so long to play them. Yeah, well, yeah, being Xbox boys. Yeah, Luke, you just played. <laughs> Luke, I don't know why I said your name. You just played them recently. Mm. I played them last year for the first time. Mm. I played part one before part two launched. Yeah. Got that on launch day. Um, And yeah, it really changes the way you look at games mm. in to- overall. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just, um, it's just so bizarre. I'm really actually grateful I didn't play this last year. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it was just if there's ever twenty like if, if there's ever a game that could elicit the same emotions that 2020 did, so many people. Yeah, it's The Last of Us. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Um, because this is all set in <laughs> this is all set in a post pandemic pandemic world. Yeah, obviously where um think something much worse than COVID happened. You know, everyone got infected, turned into zombies, effectively, yep. and obviously they're survivors. Um. But I don't know. It's like a tornado. It's like a serious tornado of like happiness and sadness the whole time. Yeah. You never feel like you never feel like there's um you know, you you think oh there's a good moment here I'm gonna go around the corner and something tragic's gonna happen, but not in a gratuitous way. You never think oh they're just gonna do it for the sake of making you feel bad. Yeah. You just I don't know. You're just playing through it and um everything feels like it was uh, right for the moment. It, good or bad, everything fits oh, yeah. the fits the purpose. Uh, you know, fits fits the moment. It happens. They all happen at the right time for the right reason. Mm. And I think, yeah, they might sting in the moment, but when you think back on the game once you've finished it, you realise how well it all come into place. Which I suppose with part two is a big talking point, which we'll go into in the um, episode about it. But uh, yeah. Uh, if I can say anything about these games, both of them, part two more so, mm. of course, uh, have left me feeling more hollow. Exactly, yeah. Than any game I've ever played. Yeah. But in, and the ending of part one isn't uh, isn't particularly uh, like terrible or gruesome or, or anything like that. No. But it's just this small moment and this small bit of emotion between the two main characters that I've never felt. It's probably the most I've ever felt like I needed to play the next game, ever. Mm. 
because I just cared so much about them in that 15 hours. Conveniently, both games are already out. Uh, no, well, when I finished part one, there was still, uh, I think, three weeks before part two okay. coming out. So still when a short I finished wait. It, yeah, you, you and I was, was like, <laughs> I need it today. Mm. But yeah, three weeks, I can wait. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But um, the ending of part two, just, yeah, I thought about it for weeks. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I just, um, and the way it rolls from number one, and we, you know, we're lucky enough that we left, to an extent, we're actually lucky that we left it late so that we had both straight away. Yep. Um, because then we could we could just get straight up into the, um, you know, go straight, flow into the story and find out, okay, what's what's happened? Mm. And it does take place, what, five years after the events of the first? Yeah, five. Yeah. But you sort of, um, uh, yeah, and we've spoken about this, like uh, coming out of this, uh, I don't want to refer to the ending too much, um, but coming out of the second one, I feel like, I absolutely want another one and you said and you're indifferent or you, just, you sort of think there's not much of a need which I understand because you, yeah. you don't want to just have a it's not like I wouldn't play it no no of course you would <laughs> but you don't want a new installment just for the sake of yeah I don't want them the to make it for the sake of using the name mm. I only want them to do it if it, the story if it's the right story and of course I'm not a writer or a naughty dog but I don't uh, I just can't think of any path for the uh, characters at the end of that game that would make sense that wouldn't feel forced. Mm. I guess that's my thought process. But yeah, we, it's hard hard to talk about it without talking about the ending, which we shouldn't. No, exactly. Yeah. But I just, yeah. <laughs> the, the, just the story of Joel and Allie, though, there's so much so much to it. Yeah. Even when they're apart, I just, everything, everything I'm doing playing this game is bleeding for the, them to just be, you know, happy and for things to work out for them. Here's, um, a, here's a burning question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you did you prefer to play as Joel or Ali more? Oh, like who did you prefer to be in control as more? I think. Who do you relate to more? Related to Ali more, for sure. Um, okay. Being in the second, oh no, he plays her in the first game too. For a um, small segment in the mm. final act. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's... Um, yeah, I just... It's just something about Ali, and it's it's more emotion emotion charged because Joel is a fairly closed book. Yeah. Um, and that's part of his character. He's um, pretty hard to get something out of. Um, I think he's really good, but that, that's he's, he's really complex all the same. Yeah. Um, which is great to learn about. But I think maybe because I do like Joel a lot playing as Ali and seeing how she interacts with him and almost gets answers, or, you know, things out of him. I think that's a, I think, excuse me, playing as Ali is the best way to get something out of both of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I just, um, yeah, I could talk about this for so long. And you could as well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm really holding against, back. I'm just letting you go because I don't want to say anything. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. You know what I'm like. I know what you're like. So we just, um, yeah. So I think if maybe if we were, uh, if we were dads, we'd probably relate to Joel more. Yeah, we would. Yeah, you're the youngest sibling in your family. I think maybe I can slightly relate to Joel's relationship with Ellie because I have a little sister. Mm. With that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think not only. Is playing as Ali, uh, yeah, probably slightly more relatable to people like our age, um, young adults. But because you play as her in part two, mainly, 
uh, she feels better to play as because all the mechanics are so much better in the first one anyway. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to be a dad and care more about Ellie because I would. I don't know. I'd be. I could be far too invested, and it would just every every fall would feel even heavier than they already did. Oh yeah. So God. So anyway, I we'll, mean, if we were dads, we might have cared about Atreus more in God of War. Exactly, little bastard. Because <laughs> I cared about Atreus, yeah, but I cared about Kratos more, of yeah, course. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's not the same question because you don't play as Atreus. But yeah, mm. yeah. You're anyway, right. we're not talking about that game. Oh, we can. It's free for all. It's man. free for all, I suppose. Yeah. How's your beer going? Yeah, not bad. I'm really done. No, oh, so am I. We didn't bring any more into the room and close the door. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We messed that up. We're stuck. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the uh, doorknob doesn't come off again and we get stuck in here again. Oh, God. That gave me a real fright when that happened. I thought we were stuck in here. We'd have to call someone. <laughs> but it's all good. You got it going. <laughs> I worked it out. Or I throw you through the window. Yeah. Yeah. It's always easy enough. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? Well. We're off last of us. We're off Last of Us because we don't want to... Let a, it go. We're getting to a danger point. It was come out last year. I hate Last of Us. No, don't Especially say part that. two. No, don't say that. That's ridiculous. You what? just said you put it in your top five. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, what do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, so... This is getting off track. I wanted to... Don't talk um, about Bioshock. Oh, you're giving too much away now. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I wanted to also, while we're on the topic of Last of Us... um. It got me really thinking about um, why... Because the, the main reason I love it and the main reason I love the story of it is actually because of the sadness and misery involved. Yeah. And I've always had a bit of a thing. Um, and even in some of the things I write, I enjoy... I don't enjoy, but I think it's better putting almost like a s- sad ending in because there's something a bit easier about it. Like, it's easier to make people... You cruel bastard. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's easier to make people sad or put your heart into it feeling sad <laughs> than it is, yeah, to, it is to write a, you know, like uh, I imagine writing an episode of a show um, and having half hour full of laughs that everyone loves. Yeah. Which is why those guys, whether it's Seinfeld, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Scrubs, all these shows, they're just geniuses. Yeah. And I don't think people would appreciate how hard it would be to actually get that many laughs in. Oh yeah, for years. Oh, well, what's e- what's easier in real life? You know, uh, sarcastically making someone feel bad or mm. making someone laugh. Yeah, like when you just talk to someone. Oh, I can make you feel bad. Yeah. Let me line you up. <laughs> let's let's test that out. Maybe so. after the ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The um, but I just um, yeah, just sort of. Yeah, Last of Us just got me thinking. It's, um, it's quite incredible how we just connect with sadness more. Um, yeah. Without you know giving anything away for Red Red Dead Redemption Two and Red Dead Red Dead Redemption One, part of the whole redemption story in both of them, mm-hmm. it, there is quite a bit of sadness um, linked throughout the entire stories. Yeah. And I love it. Playing Bioshock, there's a bit of sadness in there because it's all about, well, the whole the whole city's gone to shit. But what what do people Everyone's love more than? Uh than clinging on to hope rising up and like when mm. when when something uh produces sadness like for instance god of war god of war starts with kratos's love interest passing away 
Yeah. And sad. your journey is to take her ashes to the top of this mountain that she wanted. And it's a real it's a sad, sad way to start a game, but you're so uh you're so empowered by this, you really want to do right by the character. And that's like that in so many games, so many movies, uh so many TV shows, like Game of Thrones. You mm. see you see one of the Starks get murdered in the early uh early seasons of the show. And how much are you rooting for the Stark family mm. after that? Well, you're right every way with them. Yeah, people people love a um, uh, uh, a story of an underdog or, or, or yeah, some, something rising up a movement. Mm. Yeah, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, bang! So popular because people love rising up against the authority, mm. and his whole character is based around the fact that he rose up against the boss. Oh yeah, and I know it's not necessarily related to sadness, but the reason that we care about the characters in The Last of Us so much because they have those sad moments is because we want to make it right. Hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because, And I realise now that talking about God of War, hmm. getting close to completing my top five here, <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> the um, And the last game is uh, Sonic 2. <laughs> no, Sonic All-Star Racing. Ah, uh, Sorry, I always, get, I always get that wrong. Yeah, like that one race we had. So now, we're, now I'm saying that like it's the truth. <laughs> It is. <laughs> <laughs> we had one race of that and um, it was okay. And you were like, oh yeah, we'll do this a fair bit. I retired. I, I said no. Yeah, of course you retired. Instant retirement. <laughs> I probably won, that's why. You didn't win. I did, no. I can't remember. Maybe that's why I retired. <laughs> I've removed that from my memory bank. See, that's why Sonic All-Star Racing really connected with me. Because I didn't win the race. Such a sad story. And it? it was really sad. Uh, and yeah, it's always lingered. I need to rise up against uh, the other races and and get the job done, and it'll be a true, true fun, uh, happy, happy ending. Oh, you're an underdog, all right? <laughs> Nothing going for you, but everything to, you know, hopeful. <laughs> maybe one day, <laughs> maybe one day you'll get a friend like me. That'd be really good. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> Why are you such a good friend? <laughs> The um no, nah, but what you're saying, I under, I yeah definitely understand what you what you're saying about that. Mm. Well, because mm. with um and with God of War as well, that come to think of it, throughout the entire game, that's actually quite sad. Yeah, because Kratos is such an angry bastard, and we know from the original trilogy, the whole thing that kicked his his entire journey on off was his um family getting slaughtered. Yeah, um, and now he just kills every god because one god. Killed his family. You know, um, you know what? Thinking of sadness and uh, pushing through games like that, you've always just got to go back to Mario. Loses his princess at the beginning of the game, and you got to get her back. Oh, it's always a sad start. <laughs> and then you get to the first castle, she's not there. Oh, sad. Hits again. you again. Nah, bloody hell. <laughs> oh, you're so right. So it's just yeah, it's been going on for decades. All right. Burning question. This isn't. This wasn't planned. Well, neither was mine. Yeah, no. So, give me a game that's happy. Uh, give me. Give and me not a just game a happy ending. Happy. I'm talking positive all through. Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's just a game where you, uh, go live in a town with lots of fun animal friends, and they all support you. They basically. don't die. No. Oh no, it's not. It's not always happy because sometimes they ask to move away, and that is like that hits you like a truck because you that you 
you know, you nurtured them. You gave them a home and everything. Mm. And then they say they want to take their take their ball and run somewhere else, and it stinks. It actually does. I bet you it's a cat. Sometimes. Yeah. I don't have any cats on my... Oh, no, I do. Sorry. I have a cat named Mitzi on my island. Mitzi. And she asked me to leave once, and I nearly uh, threw my switch away. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I didn't. But I (laughs) wanted to punch Mitzi out. I'll start to tell you that much. All right. So you're playing so, yeah, I've so lost, a happy game so that made you want to punch a cat. A, well, a that was not game. real. <laughs> so please tell me. A happy, a, ha- game. a happy game. Oh, man. Truly happy. No yeah. sadness. <laughs> no sadness. That's, uh, that, that is a burning question. Do you have one? What are you reckon about Crash Bandicoot? Crash Bandicoot? Hmm. I'd say that Crash is... Uh, well, he's a tortured animal. Really. Yeah. Yeah. All right, scratch that. <laughs> Croc and the Legend of the Gobos. No. Whatever mm. the hell that is. It made me sad, so no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I don't think we're going to get one. No. Nah. If you think of one by the end of the show, bring it up. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's interesting. It's a sort of reaffirmed No, it is interesting. Point. Yeah. It is, that is so burning of a question that I am sweating. <laughs> <laughs> not to do with this room being not at all <laughs> <laughs> and not to do with the fact that I'm out of uh, out of drink yeah <laughs> yeah um, but anyway so that's that's enough of me talking about the, the sad games yeah well you mentioned uh, you mentioned earlier you wanted to talk a little bit about cutscenes as well oh yeah and, to- well, and this sort of branches off um, in fact you said something about cutting the crap I did yeah, wanna, would you like to elaborate? I would. So, cutscenes. Cut the crap. <laughs> I basically... <laughs> I came to this sentiment because yeah. after playing Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. part 2, and going into... Well, Ghost... cut, uh, Last of Us Part 2, they're all in-game. There's no... Like, there's not separate cutscenes, is there? No, it flows from gameplay back to cutscene. Yeah. And you don't know... It's one of those games where you don't know when you've like taken God over. God of War? Yeah, you don't know when you've taken over and you just stand there going... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, right. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just, I don't know. I used to really love um, c- cinematic cutscenes. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I just love. There the- was a time where they felt so new that uh, it was awesome. Yeah. But they they wore out pretty quick. Yeah. It's like if you go back, and this this isn't an in-game cutscene, for example. This is a game trailer. But I used to you, you go back um, uh, ten or twelve years. Uh, you get the Assassin's Creed games, yeah. all their trailers that were super realistic. And you're like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And then you um, uh, you come to now, cinematic trailers, I, I honestly don't really care about because the games are fairly realistic anyway now. Well, the um, problem is is that people know better. Yeah. Especially when the cinematic trailer comes out uh, for a game before the game comes out. It's always a misrepresentation of what the game actually yeah. is. And mm. that's the problem. Like the games, games have become too high tech. That the cutscenes are now not above what the game looks like. Yeah, they're on par. Mm. Yeah, and I think having played these um, epic single player games where where they do it does roll from gameplay into cutscene into gameplay, or it doesn't have any cutscene. It's all about uh, how you interact with characters. Um, yeah. going to Ghost of Tsushima where you get a three second black screen cuts to a cinematic um, cutscene. Yeah, which makes you a spectator. For the character you're meant to be feel one with, yep, and then all of a sudden, um, 
they talk for five seconds, you know, your character and this other character, and then it cut another three second black screen, and then it cuts you back to, you know, squatting somewhere and having to or, or having to follow the bloke yeah, who was in the cutscene. Yeah, you're like really the, slowly. For you're like, at like the river with your horse feeding it. Yeah, or something like that. Or yeah, which I is know what you mean. Which, which is okay. I, I don't mind that sort of thing. Like Red Dead Redemption did that well, where after a bit of a time lapse, you'd reass- um, reassume control of um, Arthur, you know, standing yeah, at the lake, just yeah. to take squatting next to the river or whatever. Yeah, which is which is good. I'm ha- I'm happy with that if there's a time lapse. Um, but I'm but when there's yeah, you're talking to a character and you go back to it, back to the gameplay, and then you have to just follow that character for, you know, hundred meters anyway, just walking. Yeah. Oh, like it's just, oh, it just threw me off completely, and I just. <laughs> Because we've been spoiled with these games that treat us as the character. Yeah. Even though, even though, um, you know, I'm definitely not Kratos, and I know I'm not, and it's not first person. Um, you still feel like, okay, we share emotions now. Yeah. But as soon as they put you in a cinematic cutscene, I don't know. I just, I just lose all, uh, oh, not all of it, but a bit of connection. I just think it when it while it used to be really good, now it's just, I don't know. There's a just a better standard now. Yeah, I mean, I uh, think about. Think about the way they do it in Bioshock. Mm, like um, I, I think game developers potentially uh, underestimate the amount of character and charisma you can put into a three D model that you're looking at. Because like you know, uh, Andrew Ryan in Bioshock is a prime mm. example of where you're you don't get taken out of the gameplay and you're looking directly at the character who's talking to you yeah. and they're conveying so much emotion. Oh yeah, but. I suppose it's different for first person to third person too, because something like Gears of War, that we both love and is one of your favorite series, they take you out of the game a bit mm. with cutscenes. But that's a uh, different sort of game, I but, suppose. But you know, for a shooting game, you know, same with Halo. It's a first person shooter, and Master Chief. We talked about this in the mascots episode. Like Master Chief's whole identity is his helmet. But when you play as Master Chief, you don't see it. Mm. So without the cutscenes, he wouldn't have built the identity. Yes. So it, it's all it's all over the place. But uh, overall, I agree that I would prefer cutscenes to be in game, like The Last of Us Part Two. Mm-hmm. But not every team is capable of doing something that's outstanding. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. And yeah. I, I, yeah. And it is a matter of whether it's yeah an action game like that where I'm not you don't have to be too invested, and you do need to get yeah you know, first person shooter. You do need to see the face of them. Or not like you got a COD, you never see your players' faces. No cutscenes. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah, some cut. Yeah. There are some cutscenes, but yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that's enough of me rambling. What yeah. do you want to talk about? Well, let's throw to the ad, oh. and then uh, there's a few topics I'd like to talk about after, and then we'll wrap it up. And let's get another beer. Yeah, righto. Here's a word from today's sponsor. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't get any fun out of ripping old ladies off, but I just. Is this thing on? Yes, you're on. Oh, right. Uh, Here at Grimes and Grinch Lawyers, we breathe excitement. One day, we're charging you to sign a piece of paper. The next, we're... Well, we're charging you to sign some paper. Mate, do you think you can give us a bit more spark? Yeah, yeah, okay. Hi, I'm Graham. I'm super excited to be here with more spark. To tell you about our deal, our Spark New Deal. No, that, I meant more spark and spazzazz, more personality in your voice. Right, right. Hi, 
I'm positive to be here to spazzaz your spazzaz today with extroverted deals and bargains on solutions to your problems. <laughs> Look, I don't think this is going to work. What, you don't like my on-screen personality? Wait, what? Just let me be myself, would ya? Yeah, 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 okay, go for it. Right, Righto, Mr Bill. <sighs> Hi, I'm Graham from... Cut! Damn it! <laughs> the Rumble Pack demands personality from its sponsors. Flamboyant and Spazazzy, AF promoters only. None of this garbage. Turn it up, Graham. Righto, Jimbo, and we are back. Thank you, Jimbo. Um, welcome back to this free-for-all, the first ever, first of its kind, on the Rumble Pack podcast. Yeah. Um, we talk, yeah, the things we've talked about so far were pretty, pretty random, but I think still centric to video games. Yeah, we, we try to keep things a bit, a little bit relevant to what we actually are here for. Yeah. <laughs> Despite <laughs> our efforts. If you, if you put it that way, then maybe uh, we should just wrap it up. Yeah, we're pretty useless. Because the topics we're going to talk about now aren't necessarily gaming related, but anyway. Oh, yeah, you're right. What have we become? Yeah. In such a short time. We were going so well for that day or so <laughs> <laughs> nah it's alright um, well I guess we've covered the points I wanted to cover um, in, you know I had a few we could go forever if it was a if it was a true free for all it would be an absolute mess to be fair if we just followed our hearts and just spoke we could do it for about 24 hours well that's why I came in with a couple of points to sort of focus yeah. myself a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> no I understand I did also oh and I thought just we don't have to st stick on it for long. I've got a couple of couple of questions, but we've had the PlayStation Five since November. Mm -hmm. It's now uh, mid March or nearly nearly April, mm. uh, and I thought, why don't we come back and talk about that for a little bit? Because we we've played the PS Five and talked together on it a fair bit since November, but I don't think we've really sat down and had a really big talk about mm. the PlayStation itself and what we feel about it. So Yeah, we haven't. Uh, and I was thinking the same, actually. I was thinking, there's going to be a point where I have to tell Will that PS5 is in my top five consoles of all time. Yeah, I mean, if you... <laughs> <laughs> when we finish this little talk about PS5, we're going to speed, speed say, our top five consoles of all time. I'll have speed, top of our I'll have speed say. <laughs> I know, I can't believe I just said speed say. I hate it when Blast always was uh, bad against Charizard on Cinnabar Island. <laughs> oh, God. Just bringing up another blunder I made. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> what uh, what do you think? Like, is there any notable things you want to say about the PS5? Because, like, obviously, we both enjoy mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I, you know, the I enjoy it a lot. Mm. Coming from the Xbox One, which was a really fun... Like, I really like the overall interface of it it was fun like i liked the look of it because we had the greens talking about the xbox one xbox one Sorry. yeah 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 the uh like the dash the home screens and everything i liked <laughs> which look. version of the dashboard did you like the most uh number 43.8 <laughs> closest followed by 149.3 <laughs> and that was all for in the month of september <laughs> It changed that damn much. Oh, yeah. Right when you get used to something, they time. shift it. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you get used to it, they bloody change it. Yeah. Like, pull it under the rug. Yeah. So, but, but despite <laughs> me loving the the, the color palette of um of the Xbox One, yeah. like, I always enjoyed opening it and just leaving my greens and everything like that. Yeah. And It felt, yeah. And it felt the, like home. And the Ori background, like, that's on yours at the moment. Yep. Ori, Ori and the oh, Will, Will of the Wisps, Wisps, that one. Yeah. It's got boar. Yes. Big bear. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's got those nice, like, 
sort of uh, wine and purples. Oh, it's yeah. really nice. So nice. Um, but yeah, coming from Xbox One, which was a bit of a dog's breakfast when it came to dashboards. Yeah. Um, coming to the PS5 where you've got the games tab and then you've got your media slash apps tab. That is really nice. You know exactly where you are. Yeah. I got so lost on the Xbox One. You were trying to, you'd try to tell me there's something <laughs> on gold and I'd have to go through 48 different menus just to find out where it was. Yeah. And then I'd find the wrong version of it anyway because yeah. they'd have, you know, say Hitman Season 1, uh, Mission 1 and then Hitman Season 1, Mission 1 version 2 gold edition <laughs> but they'd have them all like five different like the same game listed five different times rather than opening the one tile I feel like I've stuck put you on a, a bloody path here to shut up <laughs> oh, let Jesus. me finish Jesus <laughs> <laughs> and then you go like through it Jimbo it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> don't you cut me off Jimbo <laughs> it's like put me on the um, you know give me the one tile where everything from that game exists within that. Yeah. Yeah. Because even I'm then, with you. even then, the different versions of the game weren't next to each other. They'd be like two rows away on an angle, completely out of eyesight with a different image. Yeah. Which is the one you're actually looking for. Yeah. And those complete cockheads uh, made Gears 5 just be called Gears 5. Which put Gears 5 at the start of the list of all the Gears of War games. Yes. When Gears, oh. when Gears 5 and then Gears oh, no. of War 1, Gears of War 2, Gears of War 3. And that uh, that was the day we moved to PlayStation. And all the young kids, you know, we're saying, go out there, try Gears of War, best game ever. They'll be like, Gears 5's a great start. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Microsoft. And the bummer about uh, the Xbox Series X, if we ever uh, decided to get one, mm. is that the dashboard carried over. They didn't oh. change it. Uh, the I would o- feel ripped off if I bought a Series it's, X. And, it's pretty lame. Yeah. The only thing they really changed was that the backgrounds can... Uh, I don't know what's the right word. That They, like, move. Oh, like fluid. Yeah. They're, like, a sort of more digital background. I don't know what the right term is. But anyway, yeah, okay. that's, yeah, like, yeah. a major change. Like, mm. It doesn't really change anything. No. Uh, not the function. It doesn't change the functionality. But, but I digress just... Just quickly, I, yeah, the, the main thing I love about the PS5 coming from Xbox One is just how simple it is. They've made it for games, and I just want to play games on it. I don't want to look at all the movies, movies you've got on there because I can get Netflix app, for example. You know, we can get the apps, but I don't want to well, go into your yeah. store and get lost by things that aren't games. Yeah, well, once upon a time, getting a media app like Netflix on a gaming console felt like a big deal mm. because uh, we didn't have smart TVs yet. I mean, they might have been out there, but we didn't mm. have them. No. So I was like, oh, I can get on my Xbox. Yeah. But now uh, it's all integrated in the TV, so we just want a box as powerful as the PS5 that plays games, and it's, exactly. that's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And, so it's, and it is perfect for that. And I love the controller. I love the you know the touchpad on it. It's just They've got enough functionality out of it, but they don't make you every game reliant on it. Yeah. Some more than others. Are the controller's integrated. pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's really comfortable. It's pretty cool. I find it quite comfortable. Yeah. It looks like the Avengers outfits from Endgame when they're going into the Time Warp. <laughs> yeah, it That's does. what it reminds me of. Yeah. And they'll make an Avengers special edition controller uh, and they'll do some wacky shit design. won't even look like it. Exactly. Mm. They've already nailed it. <laughs> they could sell that for a mint. <laughs> I really like the... Um, I really like the controller. Mm. I mean, playing Astro's Playroom on day one was outstanding just feeling the controller that was one of the best gaming experiences i've ever had and and they did so well with that so that's, awesome. that's exactly what a console could do when they launch just oh, give us yeah. that little absolute tech just a complete tech demo that was that was brilliant felt like a kid again brilliant because we yeah. really look forward to 
um, new games coming out, you know, like when we were kids, you'd have to save up your pocket money and get a game every now and then. Yeah. And you look forward so much to all these games. You read Game Informer, or yeah. we used to read them all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you'd look forward to these massive games they were pumping out. Or I found out about Rage. Yeah. <laughs> the old four disco. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for God's sake. I think it actually had four discs. Yeah. <laughs> it's the original four disco. Um, and um, so I think Astro's Playroom is just sort of brought us back to this. Oh, my God. We've got like a game that's made just for PS5. Yeah. And we get to play it. Like, it's awesome. Oh. Uh, I, I have a couple of things about the UI I don't like. Yeah. Like, uh, I like how simple and easy it is to get into games. Mm. But. There's just a couple little things. So, I don't like the friends tab. You got mm. it, it shows all your parties at the top. It shows your friends online all the way at the bottom. And every time you go into it, it takes you back to the top. So, you got to scroll all the way down the bottom to see your friends. When you like, when you click on it to expand the list. Yeah. So, so you, you, you yeah. open the bottom bar, you expand the game. I think it's called the Game Hub yep. or something. Yep. Uh, and that's just, it's very nitpicky, but it's just a pain in the ass. You got to do it every time. Like, I feel like you, you do all these things over and over. Same with trophies. Uh, on the PS4, the quick menu was a on the left-hand left hand corner of the screen, similar to Xbox. Mm. And the game you were playing, it would have a trophy uh, uh, button on the quick menu, and it would link up with the game you were playing. So you could open the quick menu and just hit trophy, and it would show them all right there inside the quick menu. It was like a little extension. It did, yeah. And on the PS5, yes, it shows you a couple of trophies with the activity cards, but let's be honest, it gives an absolute shit about the activity cards. <laughs> they haven't done anything for anybody. Yeah, and you were really excited about them. I yeah, remember. I was. I thought they were going to be really cool, and I've hardly used them. They're, they're worthless. Because they're meant to be sort of uh, your most recent or most um, close to achieved, like, yeah. completed trophy so i think yeah you, so if they pop up you can click on it and it'll take you to that part of the game or take you into the game yeah finish it. I like i, I the, did use yeah. it playing um astros a little bit because i wanted to try everything yeah and i used it a little bit playing demon souls and it does work mm. but it's not necessarily that much easier than just doing it in game yeah uh, and with the trophies in particular not only does it only show you maybe four five or six trophies of the you know possible 50 or more in the game when you click on a trophy activity card, it, you know it, it, you can't even go to the full trophy list from there. You got to go onto the quick menu, all the way across to your profile button on the bottom right, then in the trophies, then find the game you want to look for every mm. single time. Yeah, it's just little things like that around the UI that seem like they're three, four steps too much for something so simple. Yeah, and yeah, that sounds like a bit of a nitpick, uh, but I'm really into uh, getting trophies at, uh, at the moment and. I, uh, you know, I check them while I play. So it's, yeah, I'm doing that over and over every single time. And I know I wouldn't be the only person out there that does that. Mm. So, uh, but that's my only real nitpicks. Otherwise, I do like it. And I like the home menu looks great. Yeah. The but, home menu is the, probably the nicest home menu ever. But I think, yeah. And I think these, well, you're right. I, I love how it brings up the whole, the image of the entire game full screen with no crap. FIFA's the only one that brings up, oh, and Assassin's Creed, the only ones that bring up a lot of ads on it. But yeah. the games like Miles, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, for example, that just has Spider-Man on the screen yeah. with the little caption, with the little uh, um, what's it called tagline? Um, yeah, about one hero or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um. But but I think the nitpicky the nitpickiness probably uh, proves more so that it actually is a really good interface because well I'm we're going out of, the little things. I'm going out of my way to find issues. Yeah. With it. Whereas if I talked about the Xbox One UI like you did before, I could have slammed it. 
oh, as well. That's but thing. I let that to you. Besides, yeah, besides seeing the greens, I could slam it forever. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing. Um, yeah. Which is a shame because I, I don't know. There's something. There's something really sleek and nice that I like about Xboxes, but there's something that I just I just need from PlayStation. Which well, it makes the PlayStation feel unique because mm. while the Xbox One, it's fine because because we both use Windows 10 computers, it just feels like an extension of that now. Like, is they're trying to integrate it all together? And I don't want to turn mm. on my Xbox and feel like I'm playing a computer. Yeah, exactly. I want to turn my PlayStation on and feel like I'm playing something completely unique, and that's what yeah. that home menu does for you. You're right. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to talk about the Switch UI at all. Yeah, so let's... Uh, one question I had was, do you, what do you think about the backwards compatibility on the PS5? Because it doesn't play it. anything... No, well, it only plays PS4 games and PS5 games. Oh. It doesn't play PS1, 2, or 3 discs. Mm. There's not any way to buy them on the store. I think PS, they have PS Now, which is their sort of version of Game Pass that has some uh, PS1 or 2 games in it. But they're not doing anything to preserve their own history, mm. basically. Uh, and you got some, you got Xbox on the other side that they're just absolutely killing it with backwards compatibility. Like, they're every other month there's you know, dozens of new games from the original Xbox or 360 era that you can play with disc or digital on the ex- current Xbox. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think any lack of backwards compa- compatibility is really pathetic and there's not really a good excuse for it. It's really silly. Um, I want to p- put this Crash Bandicoot 1 disc in behind me into my PS5. Because got, you've got the original PlayStation 1 fat case and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, that's the one that came with my... Um, PS1 in 1999. Yeah. Like, so you got the original. There's no... Yeah. I just don't... Yeah, there's no reason why it sh- it should, shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. I don't get it. And it's frustrating. Well, and I think it's really bad. Almost, it's almost bad marketing for them as well because I think they should really not rely on a... Um, uh, I guess rely on past games. No. But, but it, it gives so much... Um, money it keeps the money going into these studios that work for so long so the studios especially now they work for so many years to get a game out um and back then it might have been the same i'm not sure i know that there's just less of technology doesn't mean there's less effort i'm sure there's even more because they had yeah. to try to master it yeah uh but if you think thinking you know they're doing a lot of remakes now for a lot of games like you know, you've got the tony hawk pro skaters which obviously you love um the crash bandicoots the spiros um ratchet and clanks which they're all rebooting and bringing forward yeah which is really good like it's really good for the series because um it just means like they've reignited them but i think the series that won't get remade they really deserve to be backwards compatible because um even if it's something completely obscure um like ember's new groove playstation one yep um i'd love to be able to just chuck in the my oh, PS5 that would be and play. amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. It's just um, I don't like. I don't. It like keeps the... the memories alive for people. Yeah, there's no, there's no need to stop people playing old games. And if they're worried for some reason that I, I don't know, I don't know how it wouldn't help them. Um, I guess sales wise, because if someone knew, oh, I can play my last four generations on this console, they'll have no hesitation in buying the new console. And and a lot of people are happy to get rid of um, a lot of people are happy to get rid of their old um. Um, consoles if they get a new one and I just sort of think I mean I like to keep on hugging on to my old consoles yeah um, except for my oh, PS, same. Except, oh, for, well, yeah. except for my PS1 which I sold at a garage sale when I was 12 
It's all moving house. I made 50 bucks, yeah. No, we've all been through it. I know. <laughs> um, I just don't like the precedent it yeah. sets that, uh, like, Sony is somewhat choosing for us the things that we'll play. Yeah. Like, if there shouldn't be any reason why you can't put your Emperor's New Groove disc into your current PlayStation. Mm, I know. Yeah. But, it, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up. No. I wish it was. I wish they did better. I will, I will think into the Xbox One, remember how long it took them to go back with the compatible. And then they came out with the list uh, after, oh, I can't remember the exact amount of years, but it was a big thing. And they were starting, you know, starting out with a list saying, these are the first 20 games that are going to be made backwards compatible. Yeah. And I'm not a genius enough or a, a technical genius enough to understand why. Yeah. But I would have thought, I mean, a PS5 is surely, yeah, like, and I know there's different drivers and things yeah. for these old games. <laughs> but you just sort of think, surely they can digitally just go, Oh yeah, this replicates a, uh, this emulates a PS One. We'll just give it to them for it to install into their PS Five from the store, or just up in, a, in an update, which will surely be like half a meg anyway. Yeah, like especially PS One stuff. Um, oh yeah, well uh, yeah, I just find it a bit. I, I don't think there's much of an excuse for it unless it's a, unless I'm not understanding something and it takes five years to develop an emulator for a console. Yeah, with yeah, their computers anyway. Yeah, uh, so um, I know. Um, yeah. Do you want to play uh, the Golf Club 3 on a PS5? <laughs> if that, if oh, they made that. You didn't warn me about this burning question. If they made that on the PS5, would you want to play the Golf Club 3? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because, uh, because of the menu music. Yeah. It's so sexy. We're just at the country club and it's fab. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. Last thing on the PS5. Oh, is that, is that it about Golf Club 3? <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that up. I just wanted to spook you with a golf club question. We used to play golf club on Xbox One golf for a club little bit. Two or tw- golf no, club twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, yeah. It's called it was... golf club twenty nineteen. Yeah, featuring PGA Tour. Featuring PGA Tour, <laughs> and they made got the golf club too, and we and we were like, oh, that'll be better. Somehow it worse. stripped all of uh, the features and didn't even feature PGA courses. Like it went backwards, remember? And we couldn't even put <laughs> lumpy eye bags as a feature on our characters' faces. <laughs> Yeah, it had the most in golf club one. It was like full on. It had the most in depth character design <laughs> for the most unnecessary game of all time. Nobody played it. Yeah, and you could pick every single feature. You could make him look like a bloody Saints Row three <laughs> character if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Great uh-huh. game though. I really enjoyed that. It was very relaxing, especially in twenty twenty because yeah. I especially was trying to get you. I remember trying to get you to play a lot because I was just like. Like, oh, I need to chill out and play some golf. Yeah, it was. We had some pretty funny moments mm. playing that game. A few <laughs> times where we just <laughs> we were putting it uh, two uh, two feet on the on the green, and we accidentally got the driver and friggin' hit Didn't it. Didn't realize we had two hundred yards across this. the lake. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, last thing on the PS Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your most anticipated game this year? Or like coming out on the PS5, like what? What's your most anticipated game coming out soon? Just, oh. just, you know, just be brief. You know what? Off the top of your head, what's? Are you telling me I'm not brief? No, you're not. <laughs> mate, you just, you just went on a tangent about the Xbox One dashboard for five minutes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, okay. My most anticipated it would easily be God of War Two. Yeah. Uh, okay. My I'll most, shut up. My, that was brief. I'm proud of you. My most anticipated 
yeah, I mean, it's probably God of War, but I, I'm actually really excited to play Gotham Knights mm. uh, when that eventually comes out. But I think it got pushed to 2022. Is that the Rocksteady version or is the no, Rocksteady one? Rocksteady is Suicide Squad That's right. where you kill the Justice League. It'll probably be fun. It'll be great. Yeah. Rocksteady will be great. It'll probably be fun. But Gotham Knights, I just remember that gameplay trailer and they um, go up against Mr. Freeze and he's like, he's got half the buddy city frozen. It just looked awesome. It looked really good. good. Batgirl and uh, Robin fighting him in it. And we can play it all in co-op. Ooh. Yeah. But the strange thing is, and this is very quick, Will, I'm going to keep it brief. Yeah, do it. Um, <laughs> the Gotham Knights, it's not made by Rocksteady, but it looks more in line with the Rocksteady games, the yeah. Batman trilogy, or including Origins, yep. um, than the Suicide Squad one does. It's very emotionally confusing. It is. Yeah, Because I don't trust an and outsider Batman doing Batman. apparently dead. Yeah. I only trust Rocksteady. Figure that out. Did I tell you I uh, started playing Arkham Asylum? No. On my PS5. You didn't even mention that at the start of the episode. Yeah, I didn't. What an idiot. I'm playing Batman. Arkham Knight. Um, Asylum. Oh. Yeah. Because Knight's freeze all on Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, so. The uh, return to Arkham pack with Asylum and City is on sale for 20 bucks right now. Oh. So I picked them up. Yeah, nice. Now I'm playing Asylum. I got through the to, uh, I got through to outside. So I did all the intensive treatment ward or whatever it's called. I oh, see. So intensive care. Intensive care. So I'm outside. I play for like maybe an hour and a half. Anyway. Uh, we have to quickly speed say our favorite five favorite consoles of all time. So I'm giving you five second countdown and you got to just hit five. Ready? Five, five to one though. Five to one. Five, four, three, two, one. Xbox One. PlayStation 1. <laughs> oh. Xbox One. Uh, 360. <laughs> Xbox. You love it that much? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god, this is so. This is happening. Xbox One. PlayStation 1. Yep. PS5. Xbox 360. PS2. Nice. Don't ask me questions. No, Get no, on to no, yours. No, no, I was going to say, you can count me in now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do it. You can count me in. <laughs> I'm nervous. Actually, <laughs> five, four. I was gonna go faster. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Wii U, mm. number five. Uh, Xbox One, number four. Game Boy Advance, number three. Uh, um, oh, Game Boy Color. Um, honorable N64, mention. number two. Oh, shit. Switch number one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good save. <laughs> yeah. Switch number one. Yeah. Yeah. That'd, I, that'd I think that's probably right. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah. Although, although I will say, if I did it again, I would potentially put the Nintendo 3DS in there as well. And I would... But I, I don't want to say PS5's in my top five yet. I really like it, but I don't want to commit. I know you put it in, but... I'm yeah. very happy with it. Yeah. But I would go... I would have put Game Boy Color in. As a nah, that would be sixth. That's fair. Yeah, but the Game Boy Advance can play those games. Oh, uh, you need to have Game Boy Advance. Sorry, what no. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about wrestling. Oh. A little bit, just for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So we've been watching the. We've been watching all the WWF Championship matches. Uh, I guess you can call them the World Championship if you want. Uh, we've been watching those through from 1996. We've just got to SummerSlam 1999. So we started with the. 
Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart Iron Man match, WrestleMania 14. Mm-hmm. And we've done every title match at every pay-per-view through. And this is because I, you've always been to wrestling. We've yeah. been over this before. You've always been to wrestling. I yep. started last year and we sort of thought, let's have a, a consistent watching session together yep. online and start at a place where neither of us were familiar with. Yeah, because I... we both wanted to learn about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, hence why we never get to play long sessions of Tsushima or Persona because we watch re- wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How are we going with it? What are you, have you been having fun with it? I'm having fun with it. Yeah. I know who I can't stand to watch wrestling. People who we thought previously we would love to watch wrestling. Yeah. Undertaker. Yeah, I was going to say, you say it. Undertaker? <laughs> Undertaker, yep. Uh, we had Bret oh, Hart for a while. Sick of that bastard. Bret Hart Bret was Hart. Technical, technically, everyone said it was really good, but we lost out oh, to him because he, had, he was always coming up against Shawn Michaels, the sexiest damn man alive. Oh, and, yeah. And Bret Hart had no charisma. Well, especially, well, I mean, he might have, but not next to him. Not, not next, next to Shawn, Shawn, for God's sake. No one. Oh. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, geez, we're sick of Taker. Yep. He's useless. Yeah. Sorry to say. Like, obviously, he's uh, one of the most legendary ever over his whole career. I think I think he uh, becomes a much better wrestler later on. Mm. But, geez, we're sick of him. But, but the, the problem with Brett, too, is that he had the bloody Heart Foundation coming out with him. Oh, and those pricks are so annoying. Losers oh, the British Bulldog. We watched, I think, the second or third match we watched was... Uh, actually, it was a third match. Shawn Michaels defended the... Championship against the British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and a few of them at ringside, and that was Ultimate Warrior came in. It was the oh god, the Ultimate Warrior came out and the saved incident. Sean. <sighs> it was the worst. What is your favorite match so far? You reckon? Favorite match so far? Yeah. Um. Oh, this is really annoying because I know there's a um. It has to be something with Sean. Well, it would stand uh, out like. I know, but I just because we've watched so many, um, I know that throughout I've found a, like a, a number of them just genuinely entertaining because we didn't yeah. we didn't expect them to be entertaining. Yeah, I think there's been um, some that when we saw who was wrestling, we were like, oh no, and they ended up being pretty fun. Yeah, and then there was a few with uh, guys that we thought were going to be fantastic, and they ended up being boring as dog shit. Hmm. Yeah. Well, look, the one we did watch the other day, which was sort of the start of the Rock and Stone Cold Stone Cold Steve Austin rivalry. Yeah, that was great. Uh, what what event was that at again? Do you remember? Do you mean a WrestleMania or a backlash? The the where the, um, the, the, where camera, the, had the camera incident. Yeah, that was a backlash. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, backlash. Nineteen ninety nine. That was great. See, I think that is my favorite match we've watched so far. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, it's just the chemistry it, between. It was them. the most amazing theater. Some of the most amazing theater I've seen in wrestling ever. Hmm. And, and, and uh, what do you well, and and that's the thing for people who obviously everyone knows that. Dwayne The Rock Johnson obviously was a wrestler. Yeah. And probably still is, really. He'll probably come back. But mm-hmm. the um, but you see in this early era, before he's anywhere near movies, you can see how, why he became a movie star. Yeah. Because he's, he's, his character and um, the way he oversells everything and he's just like so dramatic and has this chemistry with everyone. Yep. Um, you just go, oh my God, he's the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I always liked Austin and The Rock. But because I started watching in 2002, The Rock was gone. Austin retires in 2003. So I didn't ever really see him wrestle much until now. And I really respect them both now, even after the just short stint we've watched of them wrestle together. Austin's been a champ in the championship picture for a fair while now. Mm. Of we've been watching, but The Rock came along recently. And yeah, I really, uh, I really understand now 
Oh, big time. Why they're so uh, held in such a high regard. Yeah. Yeah, but that Backlash 99 match was just the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah our favourite thing when we watch wrestling is surely when, whenever Vince is around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the owner, the WWE owner. Oh, when Vince McMahon's there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know exactly when, but Kurt Angle is on the horizon. He he has to be turning up at some point, mm-hmm. and we already love him. Yeah. So our wrestling journey is about to get super good. Yeah. And the only shame about this period that we're up to now is that our favourite, Sean, he's out because he got injured and had to just have a break from mid-98. Yeah. And he doesn't come back till 2002. And we're going through some separation anxiety here. We are. Because... We actually are. We, if he comes out as the commissioner any point with his mu- and his music plays, we freak out. <laughs> we do. We freak out. It's some, It's it's seriously uh, out of body experience just hearing it. Oh, mm. and his song is "Sexy Boy." Oh, and doesn't that That's just, so good? Doesn't that just you know? He came out before the um, match between The Rock and Steve Austin at WrestleMania mm. uh, fifteen or whatever it was sixteen. Yeah. Uh, uh fifteen. Because Vince Vince was going to be the spe- the referee, and Sean came out and was like, "Not happening." Oh. Yeah, remember it was just even that he was out there for one minute and it made the whole uh, show. Oh, okay. even if the match was bad, it would have been like whatever. We saw Sean. It's just assassin charisma and the ego. Yeah. Oh, it's just everything. What a man. Well, he's, but- he transcends the um, wrestling time periods because mm-hmm. he was uh, he rose to fame in the period just before the Attitude Era. And you can tell even when he comes out now that he's still got a little bit of that error in him. But he also he brought looks, the attitude to that earlier. Yeah, he looks sli- he looks just slightly out of place, which is why it's so impressive that when he comes out, it's like oh he he, he fits in as well. I don't know how to say it right, but yeah. And the and the one regret I already have, and I've mentioned this a few times, and it, like it makes me sad knowing that The Rock and Shawn Michaels never have a match together. Yeah, it's a bummer because that would have been it, it. Seriously, could have been the best match of all time. Yeah, probably would have had. Yeah. Yeah. Just on the physicality, like more the theatre of them though. The theatre would have been outstanding. And mm. the the egos. <laughs> Good who, lord. Who do you think would have won? Oh. I think Rock would have won. I think Rock, I think, because Sean makes everyone else look better. Yeah, Rock, I think. Rock would have looked like the best. By the time The Rock became a star, I think he would have been the one that, that won the match. Yeah. By then, would have, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Probably. Oh, at that point in time, it definitely, yeah, in terms of that, yeah. if it was based on pure ability, but I'd still put Rock because... But it's just the theatre behind their moves. We get the Rock. He he has the, the simplest move ever, and it, like, being the people's elbow, where he just stands over... Like, you just know the full setup. Yeah. Everyone just goes wild. All he has to the do is just stand there. The crowd insane. Oh. And Rock is supposed to be a bad guy. Yeah. And the crowd cannot help themselves but go nuts for the people's elbow. It's It's incredible. Because I... I always saw the people's elbow uh, here and there growing up, and then when you returned in 2011 or whatever it was, I never loved it, of course, but I always said, oh, that's cool. But I never realized how much people were into that move. Like, they just froth that move. It's insane. That and the stunner. Yeah. Not, the, the, they're chariz- charismatic characters, but those moves made those characters. Oh, God, yeah. Without the stunner, Austin was no one, let's be honest. Like, that, that, that move, hitting Vince with the stunner, is what made him completely <laughs> and hitting the yeah. rock with it is what made it the best thing because yeah. the rock just flips out every time. <laughs> oh yeah, we've seen some bad stunners. Tell you that. Oh, uh, the last thing I want to touch on is we saw Godzilla versus Kong today mm-hmm. at the movies. Went to the movies together, had a hot date. 
First time I've been to the movies since pre-COVID. Yeah. And tomorrow we're going to the football. First time since we are 2019 for me. We're personally. going to the Melbourne Cricket Ground. For those listening, it's the best stadium in the world. It is it's the best weekend I've had in a long time. <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong. Hmm. What do you reckon? I reckon it was okay. I actually, I wrote a note here. I wrote, overall, pretty silly film. Five out of ten. Needed more Meg. It did need more Meg. It needed a Meg. It needed Statham. It needed Jason Statham and the Megalodon shark. Oh. Imagine that. That would be great. <laughs> um, the movie was fine. The movie was fine. I, I just think... I just... Yeah, I, I'm disappointed that it's gone so sci-fi. And um, like I said, I understand that, you know, the first Godzilla when it came out, nobody was prepared for it. So, it was, you know, just the army fighting it. And yeah. it just seemed so raw and powerful. Whereas yep. now it's got to this point where it's always in neon lit cities. Um, there's always rockets and nu- nuclear weapons going everywhere. Yeah. There's space, like basically hovercrafts and shit with bloody, you know, ion, uh, anti-gravity I know. They were so like laid back about their yeah. ships. They are like, oh yeah, they're the best ships. Yeah, this can, we can go through an, okay. a, we can go through an, a gravity flip warp hole, no problem. Because through the center of the earth. Which is where they go for this whole, this hollow yeah. earth part. Well, the hollow um, earth, the hollow earth thing was uh terribly explained in the movie i thought yeah it's still it's very confusing yeah i mean we're not going to spoilers though will we well i think we should yeah it's not like we're talking oh, about the last of us part we haven't two. given anyone forewarning it's not like this it's not like we're talking about the last of us part two right. we're talking about godzilla we're talking about godzilla versus kong the greatest uh fight in twenty twenty 21st century all right uh, I think it had. I will just say, I think the opening credits to the movie. Uh, when they started, we sort of looked at each other like it was a bit silly. Yes, but as it went on, I actually thought it was really powerful. The music in the opening mm. credits was like insanely strong yeah. and loud, and it was like te- it was like a terror. Mm. I thought this was going to be some insane film. Just from that opening credits. At the end of the credits, it sort of looked like they were trying to sell a pay-per-view, like a boxing match. Yeah. But for the in-between, it was like showing bits of Kong's past from his um, movies. It showed sort of bits of uh, Godzilla. showed him like ripping up King Ghidorah's yeah. heads off and all yeah. that stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, look at this. You know? And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it didn't take long to know, to realize that it was <laughs> dumb as shit. But yeah. Because, <laughs> because after all that build-up, we go to Skull Island. And Kong's just having going through his morning routine to like a nice and breezy song where he'd wake up scratching his ass, yawning, <laughs> yeah. going have a share in the waterfall. I went, oh my god, you guys, what have you done? I know. Like I was, I was really it needed disappointed because that that killed the tension straight away. Oh yeah, it needed to it needed to be uh, intense from the get go, similar to like Infinity War. Mm. Like you know, Endgame uh, is a somewhat example of a movie that. Because we, I know we have slightly different opinions on Endgame, but I feel like that movie has a, sl- a slight problem of keeping the tone because mm. it goes it, it it's it's com- quite comedic at times, but it's mm. telling a story of something that's actually really traumatic. Yeah, Godzilla versus Kong is a, is an event that could literally end the world, but then they're over here <laughs> uh, <laughs> like making a joke about. Kong's ass essentially showing him scratch it at the start, playing happy music. It's just silly. Yeah, it is. It's really uh, stupid. And that's the only, that's the sort of letdown for me because um, God, 
Godzilla in 2014. I think it was 2014 when the... It was, yeah. Oh, that's an epic movie. Uh, it's really serious. It's awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome yeah. movie. It's really serious. Um, we have Brian Cranston. It's one, of, one of my favorite movies, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Brian Cranston, he sets the tone perfectly. Like he, he's the reason it feels so dramatic. Yeah, just his performance, and it's it's pretty brief, but um, like he just sets the tone so well, mm-hmm. and that's how the rest of the movie feels. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think his name is, and Elizabeth Olsen yeah. play the characters after, and I think they also do a really good job at keeping the, that uh, level going, Yeah, like Cranston. And then we never see them again in any of the movies. Yep. Um, and that's the thing, it's a rotating cast. It's a, like a ros- new roster every time yeah. the movies come out. You haven't seen um, Kong Skull Island yet, and that's got, well, you know, there's like one or two characters that, from that that actually appear in this one. Yeah, wasn't like Samuel Jackson in that and, yeah. and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember he was filming it on the Gold Coast. Yeah. And it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. They just sort of dropped the ball from going, this could be super epic and, and traumatic and intense and really scary on a global scale. Yeah. Um, and they just made it like, um, <laughs> even the part where he, I was going to mention to you before, where Kong sits up towards the end. Like he's just, you know, he's in the you know, in the final battle. <laughs> he just sits up and sort of goes, he just sort of puts this like little grin on his face. He's like, Ooh. <laughs> monkey face and it's like I hope people can imagine your grin from that pause no it's not it's a who <laughs> who is that he does, that, his, does he, that come over in the sound my face totally yeah good maybe I'll put something in in editing yeah good <laughs> <laughs> the um I just think um well they just I don't know they, don't, they just don't get the feel right for reference there he gets his heart restarted yeah and he sits up like he just woke up from being dead yep and he's just like her. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> and and Godzilla's uh, <laughs> fighting <coughs> fighting <coughs> right behind him. Uh but for some reason a, a lot of the scenes in that final fight, yeah they cut to different areas of Hong Kong where people are and you go to one person, you can't even hear that there's any fighting going on. Mm. And then you go over here and it's funny the loudest thing you've ever heard, and they're right next to each other. It's it's very poorly cut with the sound design. It's not good. Start of the movie, Godzilla comes out of the water, destroys a whole plant. Yeah. Newspaper says eight people die in attack. Oh, that's ridiculous. Like He easily destroyed the entire country. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, when we were leaving the cinema, I was like, how many... I was actually going to ask you, how many people do you think uh, Godzilla and Kong killed in Hong Kong? So it had to be at least 50 million or something. How many people live in Hong Kong, you reckon? Oh, we'd have to, we'd have to know the exact numbers. Yeah. But it's in the millions. It's millions, obviously. But I'd say... I'm going to look it up. It would have had to be in that movie at least 50,000, 50, 100,000 people die. 50 million might be a bit of an yeah, <laughs> overstatement. It is. Okay, so they have <laughs> they have 7.5 million in Hong Kong. They oh. at least killed half of them. <laughs> they literally destroyed the whole city. No, you're correct. You are right because they're all residential yeah, high rises. Like, they literally destroyed Hong Kong. How did they live in them with all those purple purple neon lights? That and light when the, the and when the movie ended... Uh, the credits rolled literally instantly. Yes. There was no follow-up about what happened on in the world. It showed Godzilla swim away, and it showed Hong Kong back uh, in uh, in, the, <laughs> in the core of the damn earth. I don't care. We're talking about spoilers, all right? Uh, hey, um, so, are you talking about Hong Kong or King Kong? <laughs> you're, you're an idiot, right? You just said Hong Kong's back in the middle of the earth. It's King <laughs> Kong, you idiot. Not really. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> King Kong goes goes to like his proper home, hollow earth, essentially in the center. Of the, it's uh, which is essentially to paint the picture. It's like the, uh, there's actually a habitat that was in the middle of the earth this whole time. Yeah, where the no times were born, where the times came from. Yeah, but in the yeah, the, the movie literally just cuts and credits roll. Like, you yep. don't see any. Rep- you don't see how Hong Kong is or any of the places they were. Yes, I said Hong Kong, not King Kong. I'm talking about the city, Good. not the monkey. <laughs> it's a gorilla. Yeah, well, they call it a monkey in the movie. Yeah, because she's a twat. Yeah, get the monkey, whatever. Uh, I just wrote a couple of notes quickly on the movie. I, 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 it feels really wrong how quickly everybody turns on Godzilla <laughs> because Godzilla has spent two movies saving the Earth mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like, seeing him attack that plant... And obviously, some people died. Eight apparently is out of character from Godzilla, technically. But mm. it just feel it felt so forced. Like it was, it was within within ten minutes of the movie that it was. Uh, paint, they painted the picture that Godzilla was evil. Yep. And it, and then everyone was just like, "Oh, he's evil. Mm-hmm. We must stop him." And it's know. just silly. And then even worse, some of the story beats in throughout the movie are just so poorly explained. This guy goes to uh, Skull Island to ask the lady that looks over um, King Kong to basically set him free of the island and take him to Antarctica, knowing full well that if he leaves Skull Island, Godzilla Godzilla will come after him, mm-hmm. which, again, is poorly explained. Yeah. Why will Godzilla just come after him? Yeah. Uh, but the, the fact that she, he just says, oh, can we do it? And then the lady's like, uh yeah, like it takes no no uh it, it takes it takes her ten seconds to decide the fact that he's gonna she's gonna let Kong free after ten years of research and him being there because he wants to go to Antarctica because they want him to they lead the him. way through down to Hollow Earth yeah to get this because they want to get this power source mm. uh to stop Godzilla essentially to fight against Godzilla but it turns out of course that the people that they were working with to get the power source were evil. And they made a Mecha Godzilla out of it. Who would have thought? They made a giant robot Godzilla to fight Godzilla. Anyway, Godzilla. That's really bad. Couple of other bad story beats. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown's character. Uh, not only is her character just lame. <laughs> uh, her and one of her friends meet up with this guy that does a podcast about uh, the, the Titans, basically saying that there's like an, uh, a cover a cover up for something. Mm. Uh, and they infiltrate this uh, plant where they end up, you know, they're working on the Mechagodzilla and they get transported. They accidentally get stuck in this transport <laughs> yeah. cargo sort of uh, car ship thing. And they get... Yeah, tra- like, it's like a... Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, a, it's like, like a, a transport vessel. pod sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. transport pod that goes in, obviously, this giant underground <laughs> tunnel system all over the world. And they, they get stuck in it. And this is in um, Florida... Or some, from Florida something. to Hong Kong or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and they get transported in this vessel all the way to Hong Kong. And the vessel is going like 600 miles per hour. It says it says on the screen, 600 miles, 650 miles and per hour. And somehow the characters, they, they, they hardly, they're hardly having any trouble standing <laughs> up straight. They It's like they're surfing on a bloody, uh, the shorey, like just, the, the whitewash. <laughs> they just get up, they just go, oh, yeah. And then they cut back to him later, and one of the characters is laying on the ground reading his journal. Yeah, they're going 600 miles per hour. They're all snoozing, as if, <laughs> as if six, traveling at uh, 600 miles per hour wouldn't you get to Hong Kong in about 
half an hour. Oh, it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then not only that, Millie Bobby Brown's character, I don't remember what her name was, her her dad in the movie (laughs) works for another company that uh, they dealt with Godzilla in the second Godzilla film. And all of a sudden he gets a call and it's like, oh, Godzilla's en route to Hong Kong. You better get over there. And uh, it seems like the way the movie is edited that Godzilla's already at Hong Kong. Yeah. Because they show the map and Godzilla is outside of the bay where the city is. Yeah. And then in the next scene, her dad is in Hong Kong. <laughs> How did he get to Hong Kong so far? Because he set the transport pod to 1,000 miles. Yeah, bro. clearly. <laughs> he surfed that bay. Yeah. Yeah, and he did a bloody Pilates session in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i thought i just wanted to say those things are really bad uh i joined i joined the fight scene on the ships near the start we got uh, uh king kong sake, <laughs> where king kong is hooked on hooked up on the ship when they're taking him out in antarctica godzilla yeah. turns up i thought that was fun that was good uh he kong is stuck on the boat God, godzilla flips the whole ship it's this massive transport sort of cargo ship and the ship's upside down and Kong is stuck to it because he's hooked in uh, with the big chains Chain and stuff. Chain to it, yeah. And uh, Godzilla's coming for him underwater, uh, which looks cool. And the, one of the guys in the ship swims over and unlocks the chains for Kong to get out. And then they start brawling. It's pretty fun. Mm. Pretty fun scene. Uh, and the other... Two other bits I liked was Godzilla in the hollow earth, in the core of the earth. They basically set off this sort of sensor or something. We're not going to explain it, but they set something off in there. It's and like a it's like a homing beacon for Godzilla sort yeah, of. Yeah, Godzilla senses it from Hong Kong and he's just about to go blow up the uh the lab there where they made the Mecha Godzilla and he senses this from the earth and he literally charges up his beam and he shoots directly into the center of the earth from Hong Kong. Oh yeah. It makes this massive hole through the whole earth and that is actually pretty awesome. That was it. <laughs> uh and uh, one other thing I like was Kong down in Hollow Earth uh the the daughter of the main villain is down there and once they extract some of the power source that they went down there for uh they decide to bail in one of their ships mm. and kong catches the ship and he looks inside with his eye he puts the ship really close to his face and looks inside and then with this like shit any grin on his face he just smashed the ship with his bare hands oh yeah he just crushed it with them all inside and uh that was Badass. That was badass. <laughs> and it's fair to say, honestly, we um as dis <clears throat> as disappointed as we probably were with the movie's story and everything, the two best characters were Godzilla and Kong. Yeah. I, I still I connect with them both. Like, I still love them both. Yeah. I love Godzilla. Actually, I really love this modern Godzilla. They actually have a lot of character with their facial expressions. Yeah. Um particularly Kong was you kind of fell for him because mm. he like I like like you said, I haven't seen Skull Island, but clearly he's not there to be the alpha like Godzilla. He just wants to get home or mm. or something like that. And you you feel bad because Godzilla literally just wants to rip him apart. Yeah, because <laughs> they're ancient beings and they're actually quite complex, like quite smart. Yeah, well, it's clear when you go to Hollow Earth and there's uh, giant man-made sort of doors down there. Kong-made. Kong-made doors. <laughs> Figure that out. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, yeah, the movie, it was it was fun. Yeah, it's just a shame it didn't do the others justice. No, it didn't. The Godzilla King of the Monsters was definitely not as good as the 2014 Godzilla. No, but better than um, this. But it was definitely better than this. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, you, you do you do have to watch King Kong from Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, I will. Maybe really, you can watch it one time. You can. Mm. It's a really it's an epic movie. Yeah. It goes for a long time, and I I saw it when I was a kid, so I was like ten. Went to see the movies with Dad. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I definitely fell asleep at the time because mm. I I couldn't hack an epic movie. It's like yeah, three and a half hours or something like that. Yeah, and who knew Jack Black could do a really good dramatic role? He's actually really good in it. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Who knew that after we watched Godzilla in 2014, seven years later, we'd be watching Godzilla fight a giant mecha version of himself? I know. Could you imagine that? It's tortured, isn't it? It's really, <laughs> it's a really, it's, it's a really strong message, you know. Even he has his metal demons. Yeah. Um, and who knew after seven years of watching the first movie, we still look up on YouTube the scream from the first movie. Yeah, and the scream has never hit the same heights either. It doesn't because in the movies now, it seems they it, it carries on for the first bit, where like, and then it just gets swallowed up by its base. Yeah, and you can't hear it. Yeah, whereas that first one, it was pure screech. Oh yeah. Oh, it like it was like face melting at the cinema. It oh was my god, intense. That was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I still remember that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, you got to. Burning question for me? I've got a burning question yeah. for you. Let's, let's, let's go to that and hot. then I think uh, probably time for bed, honestly. Yeah, bedtime. <laughs> it's bedtime for these boys. Yeah, well, um, we did see through Godzilla vs. Kong today. Yeah. In the morning. <laughs> no, that's a fair burn because we just have reminded. <laughs> after a five-hour sleep. No, it was, a, it was a solid five out of ten, that movie. Yeah, solid average film. Still enjoyable yeah. to see it. I, it's still good to see it at the movies. I wouldn't see it. I'd probably, if you're going to see it, I'd see it at the movies rather than wait for it to be just on your TV. Would you recommend Godzilla vs. Kong or The Meg? Oh. <laughs> for reference, The Meg is a movie with Jason Statham in it where there's a um, there's a Megalodon shark, like an uh, ancient mm. uh, sort of prehistoric shark. Big boy. Um, that they're tracking. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Oh, it's because there's a um, we weren't talking this for too long. But there's a <laughs> there's a layer on the bottom of the ocean where it's said that the megalodon is, and there's a hole pierced in it, and it comes out. Yeah, it's like a it's like a hard gas or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and it comes out, and they they're tracking something huge. And anyway, they go down there and find it. And, uh, yeah, it's a movie about a giant shark. So it's intense. It, but I, yeah. I, I I don't know what would I'd recommend. Would you recommend this or the Meg? Okay. Maybe, rec- maybe, maybe I will say if say you're recommending this to someone that hadn't seen the previous um, Godzilla's or King Kong, they're going in blind for both because yeah. oh, I'd say Godzilla and Kong. Okay, because I was going to say if it was between those two movies, I'd say the Meg because I'd want them. I presume they would have seen the other movies anyway. Yeah. But Godzilla as a character, I just, you need to see Godzilla. I yeah. love God. I love the the big lad. I swear his head's getting smaller, by the way. Yeah, and his throat's getting more and more closed. I'm really yeah. worried about it. He looked. He screeches. Like he couldn't even fit through the hole. His head looked really big when he was in Hong Kong. Ah, uh, really small. Sorry. Yeah. When he was in Hong Kong, and he looked like he, he almost looked fat. Yeah. He looked like puffy. He's back on a few. Yeah. 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 He's been eating something down there. He was in three years. Probably eating Megs. He was inactive. Yeah. He was inactive for three years. True. So. Mm. Anyway, know, these things happen. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So. I just wanted to know that. For you, in playing so many games on multiple consoles at oh, once... Back to games. Yes. Um, so, in, yeah, in playing so many games on so many consoles at once that mm. you've done consistently for a while, um, compared to my one console, one game approach, effectively, um, do you find that you aren't settling into games like you once used to? Um, like, just throwing back to the days where playing a game through 
two or three times minimum was the sort of um was the standard and where you'd sort of um i suppose without thinking about okay i've got five games coming up i'm gonna smash this smash this i might spend a bit more time on that but try to get through them all because i feel like there's a bit of a um a spiral at some point not necessarily with you but you just sort of can't really just focus like spend you know 94 hours on an assassin's creed game without playing anything else yeah well certainly uh playing uh, games on multiple systems doesn't make it easy Mm. which is why when the ps5 came out i was trying to tell you and everyone and myself that i wanted to have a two game at a time rule Mm -hmm. how's that going for you okay yeah I listed more than two games I'm playing right now earlier, <laughs> but for the first few months of the PS5, I was pretty much playing two games max, mm. uh, but that's not including Switch, but this, the PS5 was obviously the main system over the summer yeah. for yep. all of us. Yep. Um, yeah, I, it's a hard one. I think it definitely shows how much I like a game if I play it for 100 hours. Yeah. Because I try a lot of games and i think the those first few hours are really important hmm. to a game yeah which is why something like ori and the blind forest which we're going to talk about in the next episode hooked both of us instantly because the opening segment of that game is uh oh. one of the best ever mm-hmm. uh, and something also you know like resident evil 7 which we played recently that first act of the game is uh wild it just really wild yeah and uh that that kept us going hmm. oh, that's like not not a long game but yeah, I think, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Do you find it stressful, I guess? Because uh, I, I get, I find it stressful if I ever try to play in too many games that are coming up. I just sort of get, I a, bit, I, I get a bit caught, I get a bit, um, you know, worried about what's coming up rather than just, just relaxing and just, I'm just going to play this game. Yeah, I think the problem is, somewhat the problem is that there's a little bit of pressure that if I buy a new game for a system, if I know something else is coming up soon, like I know I'm going to play the, the game that's coming out, but I don't want to leave something behind and not commit to something that I pay for. Yeah. It's it's a hard one. But the, the, the things that I play, like I, I don't always play the latest and greatest. Like I, out of the, all the games I just listed before, mm-hmm. Rocket League, like I, I've obviously bought in the past, but I've been playing that for seven years. Mario 3D World, Yes is a new game, but that's something I'm just trotting along my Switch here and there. Skyward Sword is a game from 10 years ago that I uh, bought for very cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Persona 5 is not current this year or anything. Monster Hunter Rise is new. But like I'm not always playing the last and greatest thing. So like if I have multiple games at once, it's not like I'm paying full price for games that consistently. Yeah. So I think there's less pressure because of that because I, I play games from all different areas all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know... There's a situation right now where Resident Evil 8 is coming out next month and we want to play that mm-hmm. and Ratchet & Clank comes out in June mm-hmm. <laughs> and there, there's a there's going to come a point where you need to, like, I'll have to not play one because oh, I'm trying to play, I'm trying to finish more games. Yeah. 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 But you're playing those too, okay. No, 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 I'm not. No, no, I, I don't mean not playing them ever, but mean, not yeah. playing them on the release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I, I like to write about games too, 
It's nice to play what's current. Yes. It's a dilemma. It is. I didn't realize we we're going to end the free-for-all trying to figure out my bloody gaming schedule. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I've been called in for this special job. Yeah. Sort your shit out. Yeah. No, I think that's... um, Because, that, yeah, that would be my concern doing that. I just think it's too stressful. And I sort of got to the point where, you know, I wanted to write about them, review games, mm. try to play more because, um, you know, not being an online gamer traditionally, getting through the single player um, games, you can sort of just take your own time. And I used to play everything like five times, which I alluded to before. Yeah. And I, really, I do really miss that. Um, like, I'd love to play Red Dead Redemption 2 two more times, but... There's just no time. Like that's so... that's a that's a commitment. That's oh, such huge. a big game, and mm. then you're taking away time from playing something else because we love new experiences. Mm-hmm. Like if we didn't love playing, uh, trying new games, we wouldn't. We probably wouldn't be gamers at all. No, mm. like no one's here to watch us play the same thing over and over. Mm. I mean, uh, unless you just play multiplayer, I suppose. Yeah, but that's not who we are. No, uh, you know, some instances like I just played Celeste again for for the second time. Yeah. Uh, and that was awesome, mm-hmm. but that's a short. That no, took took like six hours or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't even remember the question. <laughs> that's okay. We're working through this together. <laughs> I don't remember what the question was. No, it was just. It was was just, it that? Is it stressful? Is that was that the question? No, it was just sort of. Do you feel like you can't settle into games as much because you got so many going at once? So a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's okay. I think taking Xbox out of the picture for, um, for now is a good thing. So I don't want you to strive to get a Series X too quickly. Mm. <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> Work with what you've got. I'm, so, I'm kind of surprised I put Xbox One on my top five now that I think about it. Oh, we spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, but it's pretty... It got it through COVID. It did. See if Thieves got us through COVID. See if Thieves. See if, oh. Without the Xbox One, we wouldn't have played that game. So no. I, I'm eternally grateful. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. And when we finally finished that together and we left the shores of gold, oh. feeling like Frodo and Sam, except cool. That was awesome. That was great. Yeah. That was a great payoff. And your brother, Tom, who'd been with us on this whole journey... He had to go somewhere in the last two minutes of his yeah, finishing his boss, and then he's, that was such a his bummer. character timed out, and he couldn't finish it with oh, us. Man, oh man, that was the biggest bummer. Sucked in, Tom. It felt as as good as the moment was. It felt like leaving him behind didn't feel good. It didn't. I actually felt we, like we it didn't complete it properly. Something truly amazing that that not many people would experience. I don't think because no. those missions for the shores of gold are really long. Yep. And we've been through Thieves, a lot of frustration and repeats. Yeah. See if Thieves is a game that that's very casual. Yeah. And so probably. like you don't so people don't people wouldn't like str- I don't think many people would strive for what we did. Like I, I think from memory, I think I actually looked at the achievement for it when we finished it and the percentage for that achievement was like one point two or something percent. Mm. Like that's super low. Yeah. Tons of people play that game, so uh, we would have been one of the few that uh, saw that, and it is seriously awesome. If you play Sea of Thieves, oh. complete all of the uh, tall tales to get to the Shores of Gold, because that is the, one of the best payoffs in gaming. Really fun, and they're really fun missions. Yeah. Oh, I really enjoyed those tall tales. Yeah, um, getting you know getting ambushed by Kraken and Meg at the wrong times, and yep. skeleton ships rocking up. Oh, it was it's a really fun experience. I love that game. Yeah, that was great. And we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. We are. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I, I think that's about it. Yeah. I think we've got to go to bed. Yeah, this episode ended up being quite long. That's a free-for-all for you. Yeah, I know. And this is just free-for-all one. Can't wait for free-for-all two. Free-for-all two is going to be bigger than better. And just like WrestleMania two, it's going to be in three different locations across America. Yeah. I'm going to be in uh, New York. In WrestleMania Where are you going to be? And who's going to be in the third spot? I'll be in Chicago. And we'll come together for the third one and punch the shit out of each other. <laughs> like GTA 5 so on the beach. Of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we used to play GTA 5 online and we would just stand 100 metres from each other on the beach and we would just sprint directly at each to other do and Superman just punch. fight. To do su- who could land a Superman punch from the 100 metre runner? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And we were, we were world champion. And we were. At the um, blind... Um, blind rally or Blind something? rallies. Like heaps. Where the person had to guide you where you were going through the markets. Yeah, yeah. Complete chaos. Were you driving or was I? Oh. Uh, I think I was driving. I have a feeling you would have been driving. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I, neither of us would be a good navigator. No, no. So I, I, that was very fun. I can't say either of and us. And we were world champions. <laughs> world champion. Basically, like the, the, the navigator had to... The navigator could see the gates on the, around the map where you had to drive through and the driver couldn't see them. Mm. So it was a time trial and you had to do it in duo and the navigator had to tell you where to drive. It was just complete chaos. It was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, as Jimbo tells us to wind it up, yeah, I think... Yeah, I um, see him hidden on the glass. He's not, <laughs> he, wants, he wants to go home. <laughs> yeah, he wants to go home. It's dark outside where he is. I don't know why he's still standing out the, outside the other side of the glass. Yeah, but yeah. The, um, <laughs> we are very, very excited to bring to you next week yep. a game that is like... Literally in our hearts. It doesn't sit anywhere else in our body, but in our hearts. Yes. And we alluded to it earlier, and that is Ori in the Blind Forest. Xbox One exclusive, by Moon, made by Moon Studios, and yeah. uh, um, put out there by Microsoft Studios as well. Yeah. For the Xbox One. It was, ex- it was uh, Xbox uh, exclusive game when it launched. It's yes. on all the systems now. now yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Really special game for us. Um, we played it last year through 2020 as well as its sequel, um, which we'll talk about another time. But yeah. Um, this is something we're really looking forward to talking to you guys about because, um, like I said, we've got a whole lot of heart and a uh, bit of expression to put into this one, I think. Oh, yeah. so Awesome game. We were playing it earlier and it's just... Oh, just touches you, doesn't it? It actually just like makes you want to cry. It makes you feel so good. full. It yeah. makes you feel so full yeah, like, in, right. the, in the best way. So it's Beautiful. So we can't wait to see you then. Please be sure to join us for that and yeah. um, look forward to the next free-for-all. Hopefully this one went well. And of course, subscribe to the podcast. Go watch uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, eh? Go see that. <laughs> Even though we'll get all the spoilers. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> gave the movie up. Um, <laughs> but from the Rumble Pack podcast, I have been Luke. I have been Will. And can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.